Hello, this is Yusra from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 18th of October. India recorded 13,596 new COVID-19 cases on Monday morning, taking the total tally of infections in the country to 3.41 crore since the beginning of the pandemic in January last year. According to the Union Health Ministry, the latest daily rise in cases is the country's lowest in 230 days. The death toll rose by 166 deaths in the last 24 hours, taking India's total official death count to 4.52 lakh. India has administered more than 97 crore vaccine doses since the inoculation drive began in January 2021. Of these, more than 12 lakh doses were administered on Sunday. After an expert panel gave the go-ahead to vaccinate children in the 2 to 18 age group with Bharat Biotech's co-vaccine, India's COVID-19 task force chief VK Paul said on Sunday that the final decision on inoculating children and teenagers will be based on overall scientific rationale and the supply situation of child-licensed vaccines. Scroll reported. Meanwhile, the technical advisory team of the World Health Organization will meet on October 26th to consider the emergency use listing of Covaxin. The World Health Organization's chief scientist Soumya Swaminathan tweeted late on Sunday night, and I quote: "WHO has been working closely with Bharat Biotech to complete the dossier. Our goal is to have a broad portfolio of vaccines approved for emergency use and to expand access to populations everywhere." The coronavirus has infected over 24.06 crore people globally and caused nearly 49 lakh deaths since the pandemic broke out in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. Farmer unions held a country-wide rail roko protest today against the violence that took place in Lakhimpur Kheri district of Uttar Pradesh earlier this month. The unions have been demanding the dismissal of Union Minister Ajay Mishra. Of the 8 people that were killed on 3 October during a protest against the contentious new farm laws, 4 were farmers. Farmers have alleged that a vehicle belonging to Minister Ajay Mishra's son, Ashish Mishra, ran over the protesting farmers. Ashish Mishra has been arrested on charges of murder. Farmer organizations and opposition parties claim that an impartial investigation into the violence is not possible if Mishra continues to retain his position in the cabinet and therefore demands his dismissal. According to NDTV, the Samyukt Kisan Morcha accused Ajay Mishra of promoting hatred, enmity and communal disharmony between Hindus and Sikhs in his speeches before the violence and then protecting his son after the violence even as the police was issuing summons to Ashish Mishra. The rail roko protest was held between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Bharatiya Kisan Union leader Rakesh Taket announced that members of farmer unions will stop the movement of trains across the country, ANI reported. Visuals of the rail roko protest were shared on social media from Haryana, Punjab, Karnataka and Bihar by handles related to the farmers movement against the center's new agricultural laws. Meanwhile, the Uttar Pradesh police has imposed strict restrictions under section 144 of the Criminal Procedure Code in Lucknow and threatened to take action against people participating in the rail roko protest, ANI reported. Protesters were warned that charges of the National Security Act or NSA will be invoked if found disrupting normalcy. The death toll due to landslides and flash floods in Kerala rose to 24 on Monday, Malayala Manorama reported. The state has been witnessing heavy rainfall over the weekend due to the formation of a low pressure area in the Arabian Sea and rains are expected to continue today. A yellow alert indicating severely bad weather was issued by the weather department in 11 out of 14 districts of the state for Monday. 13 people have died in the Kotayam district, 9 in Idukki 
and one each in Thiruvananthapuram and Kozhikode. Hindustan Times has reported that two people are missing in Idukki, citing a release from the chief minister's office. Rescue operations have been underway in Idukki and Kotayam district since Sunday when rains triggered two landslides. The National Disaster Response Force has deployed a team each to the districts of Pathanamithita, Alupuza, Idukki, Irnakulam, Thrissur and Malappuram. Five more teams have been directed to take charge in Idukki, Kotayam, Kollam, Kannur and Palakkar districts. An orange alert has been issued for water levels in Manimala, Kalada, Achankovil, Niyar and Karamana rivers of the state by the Central Water Commission. While fishing off the coasts in Kerala, Karnataka and Lakshadweep has been completely banned till Monday. The Chamoli district in Uttarakhand also witnessed a red alert being issued by the weather department on Monday, ANI reported. As a precautionary measure, a government order has directed educational institutions in all 13 districts of the state and trekking, mountaineering and camping activities in the high-altitude areas to remain closed, the Hindustan Times reported. Chief Minister Pushkar Singh Dhami has also requested for the halt of the Badrinath Yatra pilgrimage for the next two days. In an alleged case of honour killing, an intercaste couple was hacked to death on Sunday in a village in the Fazilka district of Punjab by members of the women's family, the Indian Express reported. The couple, 25-year-old Rohtash Singh and his wife Suman, 23, were abducted from his sister's home in Moga district and taken to Sappanwali village in Fazilka on Sunday, where they were allegedly attacked with swords and axes. Their bodies were then dumped at the main chalk of the district. Despite objections from the woman's family, the couple had gotten married earlier in the month on October 1st and moved to Singh's sister's home. According to Singh's brother Vikram, the woman's family objected to the match because they were landowners, whereas Singh came from a family of daily wagers. In an eyewitness account, Singh's brother-in-law, Sukhdev Singh, told the Indian Express that on Sunday, 15 men comprising the women's cousins and uncles barged into the house that the couple was staying at and attacked them. They then dragged the couple outside the house and took them away in cars. A few hours later, he was informed that both of them were killed. A case of murder, kidnapping and criminal conspiracy has been registered by the police against the accused persons, according to the New Indian Express. No arrests have taken place at the time of recording this podcast. In the city of Shahjanpur, Uttar Pradesh, a lawyer was shot dead at a district court today, NDTV reported. Identified as Bhupender Singh, the lawyer's body was found on the third floor of the court building. A country-made pistol was found near the body. Shah Janapur Superintendent of Police S. Anand told NDTV that the circumstances around the killing are unclear and the forensic team is at work. It is likely, he said, that Singh was alone when he was killed. CCTV camera footage from the court premises is being analysed by the police. District Magistrate Indra Vikram Singh has also visited the spot. This is the second instance of firing inside a court that the country has witnessed in less than a month. On September 24th, gangster Jitendra Gogi was shot dead by members of a rival gang inside the premises of the Rohini court in Delhi. The attackers were shot dead by the counterintelligence team accompanying Gogi. The Delhi High Court had taken Su Moto cognizance of the incident on September 30th. The court sought suggestions from the Law and Home Affairs Ministries as well as the police and the bar associations in order to improve the security inside all court complexes in the capital. Bangladesh continued to witness targeted communal attacks on Sunday as mobs set fire to at least 25 shops and houses belonging to people of the Hindu community in three villages of the country's Rangpur district, the Daily Star reported. 
The attacks took place in the Majhipara, Botola and Hatibanda villages. Confirming the attacks, the police have detained at least 42 people in connection with the violence. The arson attacks allegedly took place in response to religiously offensive content posted on Facebook by a Hindu man, according to the Dhaka Tribune. The chairperson of the local civic body, Muhammad Sadiqul Islam, alleged that the attackers belonged to the Jamaat-e-Islami and its student wing, Islami Chhatra Shibir. In the past couple of days, Bangladesh has witnessed a spate of communal violence. On Wednesday last week, three people were killed in a violence that erupted after social media posts about the alleged desecration of the Quran in a Durga Puja pandal in Komila district gained traction. This was followed by reports of mobs allegedly vandalizing temples and idols of Hindu deities in Chhattogram, Kurigram, and Malvi Bazar districts. In an attack on Friday in Naukhali, on a temple belonging to the International Society for Krishna Consciousness or ISKCON, a devotee was killed. According to Associated Press, at least 40 people were injured on Saturday in the Feni city where people protesting against the vandalism of Durga Puja venues were attacked. In response to the violence, Bangladesh Home Minister Asaduzzaman Khan Kamal on Monday assured that communal harmony will be protected in the country, PTI reported. He alluded to the coming elections in Bangladesh next year as a possible cause of violence, accusing the Jamaat-e-Islami and the opposition Bangladesh Nationalist Party as possible collaborators. Speaking of religious violence, an eerily similar incident of violence took place closer home at the Singo border, where a Dalit man was brutalized and lynched over an alleged act of desecration of one of the three sacred books of the Guru Granth Sahib last week. Our reporters, Diksha Munjal and Basant Kumar at News Laundry, bring to you a ground report piecing together the events of that night, titled, We Don't Get in the Nihang's Way. Eyewitnesses detail a night of horror at Singhu. Committed to stories beyond their short-lived news lives, we at News Laundry are also following the Hathras case and its aftermath for our new NL Sena project, Hathras, a documentary. If you see merit in our work, then head over to newslaundry.com and contribute to our NL Sena project. And while you're there, also consider subscribing to News Laundry. Click on the top right-hand corner of the website and support independent media. Pay to keep news free. That's all the news we have for you today. Keep safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.